Welcome to We Talk Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb. I'm Notch. And I'm Sasha. This week, the MLS preseason rolls on, but with added off-the-pitch drama, U.S. women win yet another piece of silverware, and things get spicy in Europe with upsets galore. As we record this, of course, the Oscars are on TV. I know. I'm sorry, guys. I'm dragging you away from them. And uh, I wanted to ask you, though, if you could host your own personal awards ceremony for some sort of niche activity, what would it be for? What do you mean by niche activity? I don't know. You could pick anything. Like, if you if you want to have an award show for best leaf blowing in your neighborhood, I... I no, the COVID does it is pretty bad. <laughs> oh, this. <laughs> they are. I, I have leaves all over my porch. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So, so not for that. So, no, what, what would you host? What would you like to recognize around you? I would like to have an award show for best micro brews in the Twin Cities, just so I can get drunk through the entire award show. <laughs> and then we have best brown ale, and it's one of those over there that I just nope. They're all gone. It's 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 gone. <laughs> You'd be the the judge of everything. And yep, I, I am the judge, jury, and presenter. As the as the <laughs> night goes on, the, the awards get more and more nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> Best use of food truck memorabilia inside of a brewery. There you go. There you go. Um, Sasha, what, what are you going to give awards for? I, actually, I would go along with that theme, and it would be the, which breweries would be the best for tabletop gaming. Like, oh, ooh, that actually, yeah. You could have. There's one. actually an award in my award show. You can't copy me, Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> we already have an intellectual rights dispute. <laughs> I called it, damn it. And that's why I never got off the ground. <laughs> I I would host an award show for best snow plowing in the Twin Cities across the different cities. Like best individual driver, best group set of plows on the interstate, best overall plowing of side streets. I'd tell in- you who lose that guy who lost the back of his truck on a. Uh, overpass. <laughs> yeah. I last there's still not this past one, but the one before that. Well, also the city of St. Paul would lose. They are awful, and they they do good thing. They they have measures in place to reduce their usage of salt, but it is really bad. There's super horrible ruts throughout St. Paul. Also, now let's talk about other urban development issues in the city of St. Paul. <laughs> let's make this podcast all about that. Should I we know. do my son? Well, I was gonna do a shout out for the people who uh, clear the platforms in Minneapolis, the light rail platforms, because those guys have like navigate on a very narrow ledge. You know, <laughs> they actually had like a bobcat doing that yeah. in St. Paul. Like it's insane how like how they <laughs> they managed to stay in that really narrow area. Right. Ah, oh, yeah, it's crazy. Well. uh... We, we, we'll see about hosting all those award shows. Maybe we can do it on uh, on this uh, podcast uh, exclusively. <laughs> Get you samples of all the beer in the Twin Cities. Uh, that'd I, be a I, fun episode. I want nothing more. Right, there you go. All right, hey, uh, we should we should jump into talking about some top division soccer from this United States in a segment that we call Bad Guys. Yeah, it's a segment where we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the two top divisions, the MLS and NWSL. And uh, let's start with the NWSL, where Bob Williams, most generically named journalist in the world, uh, reported this week in Sports Business that uh, CBS is poised to secure the broadcast rights for the NWSL. That's good. That's yeah. broadcast will be great for this league. Uh, they've, I think this would be the third year in a row where they had different partnership for broadcasting, but... They've gotten better from I think it was Yahoo Sports and it was ESPN Plus and now it's actually a network 
Wasn't it also Lifetime in there? Was that Lifetime was, I think, with Yahoo Sports back then. Now HBO Plus and now with on uh, CBS, it's fantastic to have those games on national broadcast. More than a dozen games, according to Sports Illustrated, on there. And out-of-market games are expected to be available on subscription streaming platform CBS All Access. Yep, watch soccer and then... Star um, Trek. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. What? Star Wars on Disney Plus, Darth, asshole. Darth, CBS uh, All Access is Star Trek, which has a new series, Star Trek Picard. They also have CBS uh, Star Trek Short Treks, which bridges the gap between season and Star Trek Discovery, which is the third show that's on there. Also, there are a couple of other uh, spinoffs, like one for Captain Christopher Pike, prequel to Star Trek Discovery, but kind of also a prequel to Star Trek, the original series. So I am freaking outraged. You don't know this. Uh, and I... Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just not a uh, Tolkien fan, I guess. I don't know what... Oh my god! Get the fuck up. <laughs> By the way, my my favorite my favorite uh, graphic of all time is a, a graphic of Patrick Stewart uh, sitting in 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 a black and white picture, like ho- holding his finger out, saying "Use the Force, Harry." <laughs> hyphen Gandalf under it. <laughs> but that, yeah. Anyway, uh, so they're going to be on CBS All Access, which a bunch of my Trekkie friends say is a decent service to use. Uh, for for streaming, so good for them. Also, apparently, NBC Telemundo and BN Sports were also believed to be in the running for the NWSL rights. So um, we'll see what happens I'd, there. BN Sports would be nice if it was on anything besides, I think, Sling. It's kind of odd that the sports the the, the service called BN is actually out of most subscription packages. I had it for PS View until that was discontinued last month. Right. More. Quite it was great. I could watch Lidun and uh, La Liga, and the Turkish lead for some reason on that channel it's Turkey, nice Turkish them. League has really good coffee from what I heard yeah and uh, it's very deli- delightful <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is gonna be one of our better episodes isn't it um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> the NWS schedule isn't out yet it was out last year on Feb 21st yeah um, wonder if it's <laughs> anything to do with the broadcast rights being up in the air at this point but it's a little worrying that it hasn't been I mean, decided yet. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Maybe it's been decided on now. Who knows? But yeah, right, uh, right, right, right. In, in a perfect world, it would be out already so people could start planning their lives around the games they want to attend. Hey, the Utah Royals have hired Craig Harrington, who sounds like a fabric pattern. Um, and But he isn't. He spent the last two seasons as an assistant coach at the Red Stars. And then... Um, also, before that, he was the uh, technical director for the Turks and Caicos men's national team. Oh, wow, two teams. Right? Uh, in one. <laughs> um, Billy Forbes, famous uh, Turkish and Caicos player that you may, may remember. I thought he was... I just wondered he was uh, from Trinidad and Tobago. Billy I Forbes? Was, I thought so. Mm, no, uh, yeah. Turks and Caicos. Okay, yeah, you're right. uh, yeah. So, okay. also a guy who, like, I you know really wish was an MLS. He isn't. Um Kind of one of those guys who like lit up the field in the NASL and in USL, and this is kind of disappeared. Um, disappeared off to Austin Bold. That's where he disappeared. You're saying it's Austin Bold. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, back to Craig Harrington, Herringbone. He's also began his coaching career with the LA Galaxy Academy. So, hey, Christine Sinclair has become the all-time leading goal scorer in international soccer history. By edging out Abby Wambach. Uh, she got two goals in the um, Canadia. I think Canadia was playing um, St. Kitts and Nevis, I believe. 
Oh, well, it's really hard to score two goals against uh, 22 players. They're playing two teams at once. So right, right. Good or done, Hershey earned it. Exactly. Um, and uh, Rain FC has acquired the rights to Amber Brooks and Sofia Huerta in a trade with the Houston Dash. Dash have received Shia Groom, Megan Oyster, and a future draft pick. Uh, hot no. tip. It might be Emily Lobster. But... <laughs> no, it's not. Um, That's not a real person. Right. Uh Note that these are the rights to these players, so they got to continue negotiating and yep. see what happens with that. Uh, big, big, big move. So uh, let's talk about MLS. And uh, we have new CBA, collective bargaining agreement um, between the players and the, the league. No shutout this year. Yay. Uh, we don't get to see Keanu Reeves and a plucky group of replacements come and... Uh, Although that would have been kind of fun. Right, right. Um, it's an underrated movie. Shane Falco. The replacement quarterback, yeah. They also have that guy who was in um, Notting Hill. The, the, yeah, the he was British the catcher who right. had the mob going after him and he was always smoking on the field. Right, he was pretty I great. remember way too much of that movie. Yeah, it, it was, was good. It was... We watched it a lot in college. De Niro was in that movie, right? Who? De Niro. Or was it uh, Gene Hackman? I think Hack- no, Hackman was the coach. Hackman was yeah, the coach. Yeah, yeah. I always mess up De Niro and Hackman. Very different people. Yeah, very, very much. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, anyway, getting back to this whole CBA situation, uh, you have a five-year agreement in place now. And uh, what are there any like salient things that jump out to you all that's worth mentioning? Well, it seems like everything's pretty – like it's very optimistic. Uh, they're hoping over the five years to like end so the average salary is over 500000 And also they want it to make it so senior the senior minimum salary is 100000 which is great. It's Caleb explained to me if you're like, you know – a second string, a third string goalkeeper. That's, I mean, that's that's pretty heavy. And and like, just just so you know, um, working in private industry, like that is an entry level MB, post MBA salary. So just just to kind of give you some context of where that sits, and it's also a uh, exit level normal salary for anyone <laughs> in you know millennial life. So yeah, uh, it, I mean, honestly though, if you make hundred k, the like minimum senior salary in the top division of soccer, it will encourage, I feel like, more people to choose soccer as a viable professional option it, and strengthen aspiring players. Yeah, you won't see as many players uh, uh, retiring early. I don't remember. I think Brandon Vincent was the player for Chicago retired, retired at age 22, a year off winning like MLS Best 11. And players didn't, with this collective bargaining agreement, players can now see that staying in MLS for a while is actually a viable career path and they could retire with a little more money in the bank which is good um also free agency wait, wait, wait. you said some money in the bank yeah I'm, it's a myth i've heard of um okay. a lot of boomers say it's uh, that they have it but i haven't seen any of my friends well, actually you can't have trust it. boomers <laughs> hey we might have boomer <laughs> listeners in fact all of our listeners might be boomers and i don't know my dad is but yeah well there's, i mean there's an exception to every rule so if you're our listener obviously you're not you know yeah okay well, okay boomer <laughs> Um, free agency is different now. Uh, instead of previously, it was twenty eight. If you're twenty eight years old and have eight consecutive years in the lead um, of service in the lead, it's now twenty four years and uh, five years of consecutive service. So players coming off their working contract might have options to go elsewhere now instead of resign with their team or Europe or overseas. So it eliminates also contract mechanisms to prevent a path to free agency and uh, also all player contracts are not guaranteed in their second year which for free agents is important because 
in the last CBA, you were restricted to signing one-year contracts or one-year contracts with a one-year club option. The new agreement does away with that, so it opens the door to guaranteed deals of two or three years for free, to free agents. And that, that little snippet came from the Athletic article written by Pablo Maurer and Stam Steckel, Stegel. Oh, I still have Stegel. Stegel. That's how they say it on extra time. I assume they know each other. So Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, otherwise, you know, he's going to be really offended at them. Uh, anyway, they, they, they wrote an article about the CBA, and I pinched that little fact from there. By the way, there's a now mandatory charter flight legs that go from 8 in 2020 to 16 in 2024. Somebody on Twitter pointed out that that means only one flight, not a return ticket. One leg. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, but all playoff flights are required to be charter flights. Oh, now, I heard that an extra time. I don't know if it's beginning or end of the uh, CBA or if how they... Um, I think 8 and 16 are regular season and then yeah. the playoff must be charter flights, which makes sense because one of the teams in top shape for the playoffs, which is, you know, a big one to make for TV and MLS and stuff like that. I think uh, in the future, the it also leaves the door open for the MLSPA to negotiate for charter arms in, uh, now that they have legs. But anyway. Uh, there's now uh, a few other oh, benefits as well. God, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> no, keep this... going. Keep going. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. <laughs> the benefit extensions for veteran players, 401k contributions have increased to 4.25%, increased travel per diems, and increased moving stipends and benefits for players as well. All good things for this league. So, yay, CBA. Um, let's move into some uh, more league news. BWP, Bradley Wright Phillips, he signed for LAFC. Unlike most of the other signings where they had the hat on and they, you know, looked up. This featured a, a quick video of Bradley Wright Phillips already in the LAFC uniform. Uh, hitting the ground, the camera shakes and the hat flies into his head. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to think that he just turned up before he knew he was going to sign the contract. He turned up in full LAFC like gear, like full kit banker, just being like, "Act the part." If they, <laughs> if you act the part, they can visualize you in the place. And Dress for the you. job you want. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. He uh um he was training with them and was actually released from the training camp until uh. Uh, Amadou Diawara was injured with a broken... Adama Diomande. I don't know what you just said. Amadou Diawara is a midfielder who plays in Italy who's on my Man City team for FM. That's why I got that messed up. <laughs> yeah, Captain uh, Admiral William Adama from Battlestar Galactica got hurt recently in a game against... Nerd! <laughs> okay, I'm back. Uh, he, bro- he broke a, a, a toe... A, Toe on one of his feet. Uh, he's out for CCL legs. Uh, I don't know if BWP's done. What about the CCL arms? <laughs> the door is right there. <laughs> I will walk out. <laughs> All of my coats in that other room. I, I can't. I, uh, it's cold outside. It's really awkward. Like, you can't say that anymore. <laughs> 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 All right. Getting back to BWP. So he was released. Like they had to actually call him back. They're like, hey, buddy. Hey, you know how we're like, we don't need you. Oh, I feel like he had a Montreal April Impact Fools. jersey lined up for this. If it didn't work, he was going to be like, Henri, buddy. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, April Fools. It's February. You want this contract sign? Oh, God. The super awkward phone call. I was like, yeah, yeah. I have all the power. <laughs> <laughs> he like, How bad at, do you want me? <laughs> he looks back in the closet at that like LAFC jersey that he bought recently just for like when he got signed. He's like, yes, I'm back or in the like, game, baby. Looking for the receipt. I can't find it. They call him. Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> can't or, return this. <laughs> or, or he calls up to return. Like, hey, I'd like to return. LAFC, I'd like to return some gear. Oh, hey, Bradley. We were just thinking about you, buddy. <laughs> Dio's in the background just screaming in pain. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you, do you like 
Move him out of the room. We didn't, hear, we didn't hear him. This is quickly becoming one of our sketches. We <laughs> yeah. should just do this. <laughs> hey, um, NYCFC, speaking of one of our sketches, uh, situation right out from comedy. New York City's football club are going to play a CONCACAF Champions League game in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena. So the club that was founded to play their games in New York first had to go through the um, humiliation of having to play what was in Connecticut last year. Yes. And now they are going to have to play in um, New Jersey. In New Jersey. In their rival stadium. It's beautiful. Didn't the Atlanta supporters release a letter saying how this is terrible and they shouldn't do it? Which is also kind of comedy because they're like, you know, the end of the letter says, There's a sandlot behind my house. It's perfectly fine. Right? Don't understand it. NYCFC supporters are evaluating all our options for the match on 228, including boycotts, in-stadium demonstrations, and protests. And I'm well, like, if it's in-stadium, so you're going to go to New Jersey, go into Rebel Arena, have a protest in the arena. Right. Sh- shut up. Right. Like people who like buy CD or burn books that they bought, like they have the money. Right. Like yeah, the transaction is over. Well, and like this is one of those things where I'm like, having now been a part of a supporters group that has had a protest or two, you don't like come into the letter and say, we're thinking about things that we want to do to you. And, you know, like, it, it, and then like list those things, you know, it, it's like, just do something or don't like just, yeah, it, 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 this sounds a lot like that. Like they're wearing shorts with polka dots on it, pushing their like glasses up really high and be like, we're really angry right now. This is almost as clown shoes as when the Philadelphia supporters poured out Red Bull. In protest of Red Bull. <laughs> what What is it about Red Bull New York that brings out the most clown shoe shit about other supporters? I think they're jealous of their academy. I know I am. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really fucking good. Also, it is probably some of the best. I I think Red Bull is the best energy drink out there. It's been a I long time since I have, I've had an energy drink. Really? Yeah, dude. I just drink coffee. You like Superman? No. Don't need energy drink? Man, I wish I was like Superman. But no, I just drink coffee and then I'm just tired the rest of the day. What about you, Sasha? <laughs> I agree with you. If if you're only kind of like the the mainstream energy drinks, I don't see how like. Wait, wait. What super- kind of like <laughs> back alley energy drinks are you having? Well, I, 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 I don't call the boat in Russia. I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking crocodile. Like, straight from Russia. These like just crates by your your place, just full of energy drinks. <laughs> don't tell oh, no one. All right. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I was thinking, but. <laughs> um. I think like yerba mate isn't isn't mainstream and like the blue foria is better okay. tasting and I'm I'm surprised that you didn't think of that seeing as we're gonna be sponsored by them when we play futsal. <laughs> mate in general is really good. Does by Sparkle the way. Donkey have an uh, energy drink? Because we're we're trying to get them to sponsor us. Yeah, we, we should we should write that them. one episode yeah. where Dude, you honestly jerseys that say Sparkle Donkey on them if they were like glittery would fucking rock. No, right, no sparkle, just the word Donkey and sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> sparkle Donkey, you're listening. Look call at- me. You know the number. There you go. <laughs> um, the number. <laughs> yeah, it's a get, getting back to uh, to New York City FC. Um, yeah, so this, this really sucks for them. It is a repudiation of why they exist as a club. Their whole marketing strategy is like, we're in New York. No, you're not anymore. It's freaking hilarious. Um, but hot on the heels of this came a report from, I believe it's Andrew Das at uh, New York Times, who mentioned that New York City FC are actually very close to a stadium deal pretty damn close to Yankee Stadium. In fact, there's only a park between Yankee Stadium and this piece of land. Um, apparently, New York City, I was going to say New York City FC mayor, no, New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio, is supportive of this deal. It is not done yet, but it is close. And um, 
there's a city street on this land apparently so it's not going to be like an easy thing to to finish the negotiations but they're close and a lot of people are like really suspicious they're like hmm nycfc leaked this because it, it came out literally like right <laughs> after the news about uh, red bull arena and andrew das had to go to take to twitter and be like you are crazy if you think this piece of news anybody in the team wanted this out there or that they called me and leaked this this is like it took reporting to it's do exactly this. what someone who died elite would say Careful me, Andrew Das. I'm going to see tell, right through him. <laughs> tell him you said that. <laughs> um, apparently, it's a privately financed twenty-five thousand seater stadium. Of course, in the South Bronx. Yep. So. Uh, that's great. It's probably privately financed. Um, it would be bigger than Allianz and average size for MLS. So uh, it's good for them and their supporters, the non-fascist ones. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. That's a, Yay for them, no one else. I think that's the thing. Anytime I see like New York City FC supporters groups did something, I'm like, hmm, which ones? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how they, should I judge they, this? They became notorious enough to show up in like the Antifa handbook, so. Yeah. Let's talk about Nashville SC, where there's been some drama, 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 llama. <laughs> um, Sasha, you looked into some of this for us. Can you Can you give us a brief recap? Uh, so pretty much there is going to be a court case between uh, the people who use the state fair and the uh, the owners of the uh, of the club. And they, they're claiming that uh, the club is, if they're imposing on the state fairgrounds or its monthly uses as a market, uh, they don't have a right to build. And like uh, the company has to disprove that they won't be imposing on the rights of the people there. So Also, it's worth mentioning that uh national mayor megan barry is very supportive of um of national sc and their whole stadium situation she was helping kind of usher it through but she was caught up in a scandal you can go look that up yourself i'm not going to detail what it is and had to resign and um john cooper who's the current mayor was or is not even close to as not being as nice to nashville about it so he's kind of um opposed to the stadium from what i can understand and you know in this situation you're that might tempt you to think hmm, this is a bad mayor who's like against the stadium deal until you realize national sc is owned by the wilfs well oh, who are the vikings and almost owns the mls minnesota team right so at that point you're like you know those of us in minnesota who have experienced stadium negotiations with a member of the wilf family uh we don't really you know we're not very sympathetic to that so nope. i'm inclined to actually trust the club on this also it's been reported by what is the reporter's name i want to give him credit for this um oh i didn't oh no i didn't i didn't note it but actually it's from the court case so maybe i don't need to give this reporter credit should i give the reporter credit should i not give the reporter i should give the reporter, you should credit. reporter credit yeah okay credit. i like not andrew das he just gets leech minutes <laughs> 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 this is i'm just it's all being facetious and Josh is a wonderful reporter, I'm sure. I Do you know him? He could be horrible. He might kill people for all you know. <laughs> I mean, I well, heard if he news. was a listener, he's not anymore. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, it's it's uh, okay. So so the so the dude who reported this piece of news that I haven't told you about it yet is Jesse Knudsen. He said that according to the motion to intervene from the Nashville SC owners, this is a court filing. If construction doesn't begin by March 31st of this year of, on the new stadium. MLS can terminate the expansion agreement and take the team away from Nashville. Presumably to Austin, but uh, I don't know about that part. 
But yeah, so apparently there's a deadline in place. Don Garber also sent, by the way, this is a really pissy letter that Don Garber and Nashville sent to the city of Nashville about uh, the stadium situation. Like, paraphrasing just a little bit, they were, they were like, we would have never awarded this expansion to Nashville if y'all weren't going to build a stadium for us. And uh, yeah. You know, everyone's like, hey, Don Garber, look at New York, look at Inter-Miami, look, <laughs> look at, at New England, you are still in Foxborough. Right. Yeah. How about some other deadlines, eh? Uh, yeah, so anyway, this is going to be a story that goes along, but it, it truly looks like it could go either way at this point. I tend to think that it's near impossible that Nashville will have their expansion leaked or uh, revoked. It would be look so bad to MLS. It would leave an entire town of people hating the league. Because mm-hmm. they had a great USL team. I went to a Nashville game last year. It was fun. And granted, that that whole USL experience probably came about because of the, the MLS hype. If you remember, previously there was an NPSL team. A mm-hmm. uh, group decided to move that NPSL team to the USL. Then there was another MLS group. They merged. Anyway, long story short... There, the USL team maybe wouldn't have been there without MLS, but still, it was fun in USL. They had a good stadium experience. They, in fact, I thought the colors and the logo were even better back then. So all of that went away for MLS. It's unclear if MLS leaves, if that would come back. So it, it just strikes me the wrong way to be like, yeah, MLS is here, You're cha- everything's changed, and be like, psych, peace, <laughs> Audi. I know. I guess the only hope is if that's if that's how it goes, because it would piss off a whole bunch of fans, and that's who I, I want to empathize with. They would then, in the future, get the chance if they want to come back to MLS do, to do it their way. Kind of like we got to hold on to our identity here. We didn't have to get in bed with some shitty owners, and like in overall, we got to like hold on to our integrity. I would hope that those supporters would get you know get that as well. I'm not getting in bed with anybody from Minnesota United, so you know, good or bad owners, like I'm just not gonna do it. Okay, like. That's never part of this deal. Caleb, I don't know about you, but uh, I draw a line. Okay, I'm going to drop a nerd reference on you. There's, like, there's a, a species in Guardians of the Galaxy who takes everything literally and doesn't understand the expression. <laughs> I feel like that's where you come across as right now. There was also, I think, Star Trek also has. I think it's a common sci-fi thing that they do. Anyway, let's move on. We were speaking about Don Garber. Just too much Star Trek in this podcast. <laughs> right. Uh, Bob Williams, again, the most generically named journalist in the world, de- quoted Don Garber from September of 2019 saying, Most MLS teams are operating at a loss. Arthur Blank in February 2020, however, Bob Williams quoted him as saying, Not all the clubs are profitable, but most are, and most are getting more profitable. So who do you believe? <laughs> right? Right? Probably. <laughs> Probably the first one. Really? I believe Arthur Blank. I think Don Garber was saying that in lead up to the CBN negotiations. Of course, yeah. You oh. get to spin the narrative for like what's present. And, and that's what it is. It's a spin. Like, I mean, I'm okay. seeing like the you know CBN negotiators, which I believe Eric Miller is one of the, the people in the MLSPA. Yeah. Uh, like they're showing up in suits, like ready to sign a deal. And then Don Garber comes out the corner in a walker. <laughs> He's like drool coming out of his mouth. He's like in Threadberg. He's like in, a, in an old like... You know, burlap sack. Like we're broke, you guys. We can't do anything. <laughs> Here's Martin Asma first. And, hey, guys, you have any change? I need to get the bus to this meeting. That's really important. Alms, alms for the poor. <laughs> They're at the buffet, and Eric Miller is putting some uh, food on his plate. And Don Garber comes up. <laughs> Please, Sam, can I have some more? And we're shoveling into a suitcase he found. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a very convincing actor. Very method. In his in his approach, that Don Garber guy. Hey, FC Cincinnati have acquired uh, Jurgen Locodia uh, on loan as a designated player. 
Yeah, from a Brighton Hove Albion um, was, I think, on loan this season in the Eredivisie. I don't remember which team it was on. No, oh, he came from the Eredivisie from from uh, PSV Eindhoven for twenty million to Brighton Hove Albion. He was on loan at Bundesliga, I think, for the first part of the year. Didn't really catch on there. Then was loaned out to Cincinnati. It's loan with an option to buy after six months. So short term deal possibly if he doesn't really catch on in Cincinnati, but. Except he's a designated player. Designated player, and they need a lot of help. Yeah, they need a lot of help. It's kind. It's kind of weird though that like you know they're getting a DP. This team that's struggling who need a good like signing, and their DP signing is six months. You know, with an option. Chances are though, it might be. Chances are they will, they will have to buy him either if he's playing well or. If he's playing okay, I mean, okay for Cincinnati is miles above what they had last year. <laughs> so we're, they're doing it on a, on a weighted scale right now where yeah. if anything, if he gets four goals and three assists in his first half of the season, sign him. Okay. They have to. And I guess that there's a there's another way of looking at this, which is like given their track record of making big signings, that's probably wise for them to <laughs> short-term deal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, hell is real, guys. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, so, Lukaku is a forward. 231 appearances uh, in England, Germany, and the Netherlands. So, yeah. as you were... Recently, uh, two years ago, was transferred from Eindhoven to Brighton for $20 million. So, he came in as a high-profile guy for Brighton. Didn't really catch on there. Um, and maybe his level just isn't the Premier League. Maybe he's a championship-level guy. Yeah. Maybe he's an MLS level guy. I think I, I think the difference in levels between Brighton Hove and Albion and FC Cincinnati is so much so that you need like a chartered leg <laughs> to get from one to level to the other. Yeah. And who knows if he touches on if it's I don't know much about his play, knows if he can play really all across the front line, winners, striker, winner on both sides. Um as far as I know, there's not really a whole lot of talent around him at this point at Cincinnati. So Unless he wants to do it all on his own, it might be just him and they're the DP who signed recently as well. Let us jump into our sub segment called Some Might Say. In this segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC and find a few <clears throat> things we might want to say about them. Uh, there's a preseason games that happened. What were they? We're uh, gonna win the league. We're gonna win the league. And you are basing this on uh, a three-two win against Charleston Battery and a five-nil drubbing of the of Miami FC. Yeah, the, I think there the might superior be some Miami. Problem. Right, there there might be some problems with your uh, analysis nope. there. Some holes nope. in the. Do not agree. Well, okay. while we're winning games, it's good to be dangerously optimistic. I like writing that high and then like crashing to the ground. So Dotson, according <laughs> to all my rules right now, <laughs> Dotson, Robin Lerd, and Thomas Chacon. I said Robin Lerd's first name because you might have forgotten he exists. But uh, they scored in this first game against the Battery. And against Miami, we had Luis Amaria scoring in his debut. Look at that. Jan Gregish, uh, Mason Toy, who scored two. And Andrew Both. Not both, Andrews. One Andrew, Andrew Booth. He scored. So, uh, although, do, do we have another Andrew on the team? No. no that's too bad. Because I, and he should be Andrew I mean, the, uh, single, not Andrew Booth. <laughs> I mean, the uh, transfer window isn't over yet. So, there might be one Andrew coming in. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We can indeed. change someone's name from, I don't know. Emmanuel Reynoso to Andrew Reynoso. 
That sounds right. I do want to point out that uh, Dotson's goal was him playing left back, and he scored the like our first goal uh, of the preseason. So I, I I love this kid, and I, I like that just gives me hope that he's going to be able to score more bangers this year. Icopara hasn't played either of these games, leading to questions from Bruce McGuire on Twitter about that. Truth is out it's there. Probably fine. <laughs> Come on, man. We got to panic about something. Um, uh, well, uh, the uh, reason why we shouldn't panic, I mean, is because we had uh, we had a trial list at center back, you know, and uh, we've just found out the identity of him uh, this today. Oswaldo, thank you. And the reader with his name retapo of yesterday's uh, preseason game mentioned that he was a the trialist mentioned in the team's Twitter account at center back. Uh, pre- Thirty years old, Colombian. Um, he comes to us from uh, Vasco da Gama, yep. and interestingly enough, I'm quite stunned about the fact that we've managed to get him because, you know, Vasco da Gama, obviously very famous for um, going under the Horn of Africa, and uh, you know, and he did that a very long time ago, several hundred years ago. So, if Enriquez was on the ship with Vasco da Gama, oh, it kind of is difficult to understand how he's managing to play for us. On the other hand, if Adrian Heath does have a link to the afterlife and can bring people back, you know, that that opens up the the playing field a little bit for our talent. You know, Ian Fuller next year, not just scouting off in Europe or Africa, actually in, like, the next dimension. Could be interesting. I I will say, if there's one thing MLS has taught me, is that any of Valdos or Alonzo's come into your camp, you take a chance on them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, um, Mr. Rumor to be signing... um, Aaron Schoenfeld from a team in Israel, formerly of the true bid tall striker, nicknamed the Big Celery, which is a great nickname, but also I don't like celery, so I'm a little meh on it. Um, depth striker, target man sort of player. Um, also, the links between Minnesota and Emmanuel Reynoso of what did you get hotter and hotter, and the tension is just... It's a, it's really a will they won't they for the for the ages. Move Ross and Rachel. It's now Minnesota and <laughs> Reynoso. Uh, Adrian Heath coming out yesterday and saying it's very, we're getting closer and it might be done in as little as a week. So hey, we'll see. And also, he, Reynoso has been on the bench, according to some folks at the Minnesota Football Show. They have been saying that people at in the Boca fan base are quite mad that uh, Reynoso has been on the bench and hasn't been starting for Boca. So. There we go. And the most important bit of fan news came out this week. Chase Gasper was interviewed on Twitter, and he did confirm that he likes pineapple on pizza, and that's why he is Chase now again my gets boy. It. Chase yes, yes. gets it. Oh, you like pineapple on pizza? Oh, finally. <laughs> we outnumber you, Notch. We outnumber you. That's we are fine. a legion. That's, that's U.S. men's national team player, Chase Gasper, by the way. <sighs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, he also didn't answer my question, which was, would he like to mark one duck-sized Zlatan, or, or one Zlatan-sized duck, or 100 duck-sized Zlatans. Uh, I thought it was a great 100 duck-sized Zlatans. You don't have to worry about him being there then. Yeah. yeah so, too, okay. Easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's too small to kick the ball. But um, anyway, uh, we should also mention Luis Amaria was uh, unveiled at Allianz Field at the homecoming today, uh, the boot soccer tournament and all that. And he said that he promised Adrian Heath 25 goals this season. So. Oh. Yeah, he said he's a, he, that's what he does. He's a goal scorer. He scores goals, so he's promised 25 goals. Good for him. I he like this ambition. He only scored 19 last year. I'm just saying. Just I mean... New lead, aiming even higher than that last year. If Boy wants to come in here and set expectations that high, some, good yeah. for him. Yeah, you know, like, I, you know. Does that's, he not know what Minnesota's like? You set the expectations low, so when you see them, you're really excited. Right. This isn't too high. This will be coming in Adrian. He promised Adrian Heath, I will still be... 
maybe enough for you to think about maybe signing me for next year. Like that, that's where he should be setting yeah. expectations. You know? Yeah, that's, that's Minnesota way. Right, right, right. right. Very much so. Uh, any other Minnesota United news that you guys have? Nah, though. They uh, gave away some lawn signs. I have one sitting there. They say Lunesta on them. <laughs> uh, also, Anna from Dark Literati pointed out that a few years ago they had sold a sweatshirt where they had the crest in place of the I in Minnesota. So, a uh, crest replacement of letters of the alphabet in um, signage not consistent from year to year, although in their defense that might have been an NASLP gear. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the Minnesota United crest is not an O. I will... I like the Lunasola campaign in general. It's, you know, I get it. But uh, it looks like Lunesta, guys. It really does. It really looks like Lunesta. We should do a stretch on that. Yeah, we should. We yeah. really should. Okay, hey, let's get back to talking about everyone's favorite uh, Division One league that does not have promotion relegation. Fuck the Australian A-League. Um, <laughs> but you can watch it on ESPN Plus, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, let's 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 talk about some more MLS transfer news. Uh, the worst team in the league, Atlanta, signed 23-year-old Brazilian midfielder Matias Rosero from Atlético Paranaense for a undisclosed transfer fee using TAM. Um, they also apparently managed to screw um, a Paraguayan club, Libertad Guma, from for four million for Tita Viaba. Um, that's just the kind of villains they are in Atlanta. I've never liked them. But uh, that's really good money for Tito. I thought he'd save them the lead, but I was hoping yeah. the Loons would go after him. Honestly. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Some bad news out of South America as Portland Timbers player Brian Fernandez was robbed at gunpoint for his watch. A bridge was thrown into his vehicle, and his father, who was a fan of the team he rival of the rival team, a rival of his team. That's a rival team. Yeah, you get it. Whatever. It's fine. You understand that, right? His father threatened him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, threatened um, him. This was reported by Hercules Gomez. And this was all, by the way, after Brian Fernandez was reported missing. We talked about a couple of these things last week, but the f- complete extent of his troubles have not been uh, clear. And it's fucking tragic. Like, this, you know, it's... You know, next, you're just going to hear somebody, like, saying, like, and yeah, and then I just decided to splash coffee on his shirt and all of his... <laughs> He was washing his whites in the laundry and I threw some like ink in there. Like, you know, just pointlessly sad things happening to this dude. It's very annoying. Um, By the way, someone on Reddit said that for those of you who don't know, his father is apparently the head of a huge mafia-like organization and is a big supporter of Union, who are the rivals of uh, Brian Fernandez Club Cologne because both clubs are located in Santa Fe, Argentina. So it's really sad. I hope this dude like gets the hell out of there. He needs to. He needs to leave the situation. He needs to go somewhere else, different country for sure. Yeah, like you know, a nice city in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, which is kind of cool about, you know. Yeah, like Vancouver, taking Seattle. people <laughs> yeah. with problems and helping them recover. That might have been nice, but I guess. Anyway. Yeah. I. I it's a. It's a sad story, and I, I you don't really, see it getting better. You really, really hope for this guy that some because he was great. I mean, we yeah. saw him play here. He was great. Yeah. He so was dangerous on the on the pitch, right? He hopefully he's met somebody in in Portland or somewhere else where they're like, dude, just come back, like maybe take a year or two off, clean up your life, like get your head straight, like do whatever you need to do. I don't know. I can't tell him how to live his life, but like I just I just hope. But you know he would be better off here. Yeah, like, no matter what really club, anywhere yeah. in <laughs> really anywhere but Santa Fe, Argentina. Right, exactly. Right, just get out of that situation, get out of that country, get somewhere. Yeah. Um, at True Marty Party says that uh, Chicago Fire distributed less than 10,000 tickets for their home opener, 
which prompted another individual to mention that a lot of the problems the Chicago Fire are still experiencing are basically the dregs of the Hauptmann era, including the logo. This was a Hauptmann project. And Mansuero, since he's taken over the club, has been unable to stop some of these things from happening. Like the logo. Like the logo. But there, this this individual is laying out a bunch of ways in which Mansuero has tried to change the course of the trajectory. And it, it was an appeal basically saying, yes, things are kind of shitty for the fire. It's fun to talk about all the ways that they suck and the things that are going wrong for them. And it's probably going to take a couple of years for them to turn the ship around. Um because there's some momentum built in the wrong direction right now. Uh, I'm not going to give you the entire thing that was said and all the things that Joe Mansueto has done. Suffice it to say, it helped me turn around my feelings a little bit about the fire and go from, man, they just out of the fire into the frying pan, right? No, they're actually might be on a better course of this Mansueto guys as decent as people think this one individual said he was. So, but we have also have to look at the Chicago Fire over time. Like they haven't, they've. This isn't the first time they've tried to turn things around, and they actually did a pretty successful job with like signing Schweinsteiger and Nemanja like Matic, and like filling the seats, getting into playoffs, having that great home record like season, and then like now it's like they took two steps forward, and now it's like one step back, and it, it's it's this constant struggle. I'd argue they take multiple steps back because uh, Nemanja Nikolic and Bash Schweinsteiger are gone. Gone. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're right. Yeah. And so it is more like one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And that yeah. was kind of a burst of good decisions in like y- after years yeah yeah of exactly. dog shit so like basically since bradley was there i would basically like to give them maybe a year or two more before i decide to see the chicago fire we'll have to see how they do in the new stadium exactly how they do in the new market technically not in the same market but a new more central area in chicago and, and i will say soldier field is not a horrible location to watch soccer no as far as nfl stadium no it's not so and, and just to add on to that they're New kit kind of reflects their history because, like, it looks cool, but then you see the logo and you're like, "This is my, this is my opinion." Like, it ruins it, and you kind of see like they try to do something good and then they fuck it up. Uh, Chicago Fire is the only team that didn't get like the Adidas three stripes on the shoulder this year because of the new rebrand. They didn't have, Adidas didn't have enough time to, yeah, make hey, a, yeah. Let's take a break because we've already gone pretty long but i want to start after we come back from the break talking about jerseys all right welcome back to we call it soccer uh quick bunch of points nico lordero is not with uh, sounders he's in uruguay receiving treatment for tendonitis issue. Bobby Wood says he's open to signing with MLS, but he's turned down FC Cincinnati, as we all would. <laughs> Kevin Baxter uh, was the one who reported uh, that Bob Bradley had said that Adama Diamande is indeed injured. Columbus crew have signed Derek Etienne Jr., who was off at Cincinnati at the last and uh, second half of last year, but used to be with the Red Bulls. Timbers have completed the signing of Christian Paredes, who was with them last year, but now he's their player. Um, Great move by them. He was doing it down the stretch. Absolutely. Aracela have agreed to a transfer forward Jefferson Savarino to Atletico Mineiro in Brazil's Serie A for club record transfer fee. FC Cincinnati have signed Moroccan midfielder Adrian Regatin, uh, who's 28 and will occupy a international roster spot and has 279 appearances um, with uh, Toulouse and some teams in Turkey. Uh, also should mention that... Uh, MLS clubs can now sell sponsorship rights per the Sports Business Journal. Um, 
And they, they can sell sponsorship rights internationally beginning with 2020 seasons. And this has been characterized as a new initiative, uh, a beta program that will unlock possibly money opportunities for teams. This would most likely be for teams like Orlando, which might have followings in other countries like Brazil, uh, where you could maybe get a sponsor who maybe you know Zlatan signs with your team suddenly you can have a international sponsor who that might right. I, Zolt, I can't Zoltan, wait for what Zoltan, New Zealand Zoltan should replace for Philadelphia right I, I don't know um, yeah but you, you could see you could see like a Mexican brand for example buying a shirt sleeve on LA Galaxy because Chikorito is going to be wearing it every week yeah so Anyway, uh, let's move on to talk about those jerseys like I teased before the break. Oh. Pablo Maurer had a deep dive in, in The Athletic about how jerseys are made. Um, and Not like the factory, how they make, but like how they are designed and right, brought yeah. into production. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, that would be a horribly depressing article about <laughs> no. incredibly underpaid factory workers. Um, oh, man. I'm not going to buy a jersey anymore. Right? <laughs> also, the fact that those jerseys cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, also that. Yeah, they're insane. Like it is legitimately insane how expensive they are. But um, anyway, uh, getting back to that. Hey, by the way, have you guys seen the Manu Minnesota in a jersey in person? No, no. Shit, I should have. It's right upstairs. Oh no. Ah, damn. Now I'll you just have to listen to me for a second or two. It looks great, everybody. <laughs> go, uh, go take a look and uh, go to Natasha's bedroom and take a look at it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Come <laughs> over. No, don't do that. Uh, also, don't go into my bedroom. Then go to his uh, basement and get some brisket. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, where we go live now. <laughs> uh, That's where Sasha and I live, live now. Right. But it, it looks gorgeous. Go look at it. The replica is actually also excellent. Uh, so you don't have to buy an authentic if you don't want to spend the money. But hey, getting back to this stuff, you know how everybody's like, oh, white jerseys suck, and I include myself in that, everybody? Well, it turns out a lot of the like suspicions, at least the ones that I had, are true, where Maurer detailed this process and we can talk about what that process is in a second but one of the themes throughout this article was that larger markets where um teams sell a lot of jerseys they get more leeway in the amount of design input they can have and the amount of options they can have with their jerseys smaller teams apparently some of them sell as few as five thousand to ten thousand jerseys so just so you want to put some numbers to what a smaller amount of jersey sales look like um they have less um, kind of ability to get their way with jerseys. Should also mention that the abil- the amount of input getting from teams to Adidas about jerseys varies significantly from team to team. Some teams really care. They're very collaborative with Adidas. Other teams aren't. And um, this is one of also those things that... It, it kind of illustrates to you that that it that this isn't something that was um, it, it wasn't a fait accompli that these white jerseys had to happen. I was actually surprised to hear that it wasn't like a league wide decree. Uh, apparently, the white jerseys all came about because MLS mandates eighty percent light jerseys, and for a lot of teams, just to avoid colors that conflict with their other colors or aren't one of their brand colors or whatever, white just becomes the the kind of go to. Um, so the default, yeah. Which, which my reaction to that was: isn't this one of the things that you could avoid with a single jersey sponsor? Couldn't they tell these teams that are going towards white, saying, "Listen, guys, in the twenty-two negotiations that we've got going on right now, fifteen are trending towards white jerseys. So maybe we need to move you away from that." Part and parcel with this is also that some of the older executives at MLS teams apparently trust their younger designers 
that are internal to the team, they trust them less uh, and, and tend to go with Adidas's design people and their opinions mm-hmm. um, more on what Jersey should look like. And this is something I remember talking about the podcast because it's like to take risks, it, especially with artistic design, a lot of like managers tend to be risk averse on that sort of thing. They want to go with what's safe. So for a designer, like say Matt Wolf, who did the Nigeria kit to come in and say, you know, do absolute fire Nigeria kit. Right. Put this crazy pattern on. It will really work. Like the kids today are, this is what they're wearing in fast fashion. Some, you know, guy, dude who's like you know in his 50s and a sports executive i don't know how many of them are into like sports uh streetwear i would argue probably not a lot you're not gonna see chris wright wearing supreme probably i don't know maybe guy has but like if a he night. did right did a picture of that because we need to see it right i know nothing about chris wright's fashion taste i just want to make it clear it's the first name that popped into my head chris wright might be one of the best managers in this league in terms of input with adidas i don't i'm trusting his designers i don't know but that's pablo mar just generalized and says there can be a tendency to ignore these younger designers who are us, who, who know the local culture. And then you throw it to Adidas where the guy has to like furiously Google what this, you know, city that we're from, what it's like local traditions are, what would resonate with the people. So this is how you get the, the, the white kits. And again, credit to Pablo Mauro and Athletic, who was one of the people who, well, not one of the people, the person who wrote this and managed to get these, this research in. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic article. And, as much, as much as we hate the white tits, the tits that came out this year, I, I like most of them. The ones that came out this year. I don't know if they just learned their lesson or whatever. There's more teams that had their home tits done, redone this year. They're a lot better. Even the white ones. Even the Montreal white tit looks sharp. The, I think it was uh, Portland's white tit looks sharp but because they're not just blank white they're right there's details in them that you actually can see not have to be right into the jersey to see the detail into it like our white tit is and we should also mention that these are two-year design cycles adidas yeah. says so i don't know i if i was in adidas i would actually like have gone back at some point and been like yo we need to change this but apparently the jerseys get locked in a year before production so um uh, or, or a year before so I, I don't know if they could have done that i would hope they would have just, just to kind of give you a brief view into the process, I'm going to try to keep this very quick. Basically, you start March of two years prior with a formal brief from the team. So Adidas, Adidas comes to them and talks to them about like, hey, this is what we're going with the theme for the for the year of releases that we're planning right now. Here are some of the options that you have, like you know, for example, like the collar tabs, other things, things the teams can think about customizing. Then the teams go back to their fans, their the people in their fold, their internal designers, they get ideas. They come back to Adidas with those ideas. Maybe they have some sketches and drawings that they've pitched. Uh, and from there, basically, it goes kind of back and forth. And again, this is where really the amount, it, it starts to differ majorly from team to team as to what they do when they come back to Adidas and how much more they go back and forth with Adidas in, in their design process. It should also be mentioned Adidas does have a veto over stuff where they can tell a team, like, I know you really want this, but it doesn't sit with our, quote-unquote, their philosophy of football. So, um, yeah. Uh, another bit of little bit of info that was in this article: six designers at Adidas work on all of the MLS kits, and they're the same people who work on some of the biggest clubs in Europe. So, yeah, Real Madrid, Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, again, credit <clears throat> Pablo Maur for writing this article. Everything that we said comes from his. And if you piece. have enough subscription, read it. Yeah. If you don't get yeah, one, then read it. Yeah. I do want to say in regards to our club. If the, we're obligated to have our secondary be a light color, like. We have a light color kit that could work. You can see it every time we're, we're warming up. And if we like, if if the argument is you can't have your warm ups the same as your secondary, like 
pick whatever generic hot pink color for your your training jerseys. Like, funny you should mention secondary because in the That's MLS right. article about our new jersey, it said that it was an away jersey. So remember last year when the team was like. Yeah, the drift kit is our new something. Primary kit. Something like that, yeah. And I, everyone was like, what? Uh, yeah, so. So, yeah. Hmm. The white tip might be the home kit, and the white tip might be the new wing kit. Well, that's all the more reason to, like, not do white. We could, like, the light blue looks good. I will say our, tra- right. our training tops look cool when the guys are warming up. Yeah. So. And, I, yeah, I, I don't hate the drift kit. It's cool to have. I just want consistency. If our away tit's going to be the wing tit, have that be the taste throughout our progress to MLS. Have yeah. our white tit be the home. Don't be like, oh, this year it's going to be the wing tit. It's going to be our home tit. Like, just be consistent. Have an identity. We were white at home. Right. We are. We have wings on our other tits. That's our identity from here on out. Right. Because like previously it was like, do we do the sash or do the vertical stripes? What's 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 our jersey? Yeah. We're going for here and. Yeah. And I mean, that might, again, just be because they didn't have enough time to plan them, etc., etc., etc. Should mention that we have Minnesota United speaking, which have new goalie kits, which are also consistent across the league um, with a few color variations. As in previous years, they're basically, they look like uh, full color um, kits without any design on them on the front and the back. But on the sides, there's a sash going down the... Um, Armpit, like, undersides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 and it kind of has this, like, faux camo-ish look. And one of our kits is going to be black. Goalkeeper kits are going to be black with the sash being light blue. The other one is going to be bright lemon yellow with <laughs> uh, with uh, another blue sash oh, going that's out. awesome. I, I saw yeah. the pictures of the keeper kit in, I, go ahead. in the store, and I, I liked it. In fact, I, want, I was more inclined to buy that than, like, the player kits because, like, oh, that looks dope. Also, it's I, black and blue. Yeah. yeah. Also, I just don't want the wing kit. Well, I don't want to see the electric lemon kit with the like blue going down. It'd be very nineties. Uh, Andy Ryerson bought one, and I was sitting there being like, "What are you doing, man?" Uh, maybe we can ask him when he comes and get, does his guest spot that he bought at the Dark Clouds auction. Because uh, he, yeah, you don't remember when we had that uh, chant for the Rowdies? You look like a banana. That's basically <laughs> uh, Andy Ryerson in that, in that goalie kit, but it is very sharp. I will say it's just not very Minnesota, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about. Lower leagues in a segment that we call Friends in Low Places. In, low in this segment, it's time to check in with our friends in the low places, the U.S. lower leagues. Uh, first of all, uh, Ricardo Silva of the Miami FC has lost his lawsuit at the uh, Court of Arbitration of Sport, uh, trying to enforce ProRel in America. Nothing more needs to be said about that. And uh, some news out of Spokane, Washington. Yeah, they uh, they might get a team if a downtown stadium can be approved. Uh, apparently, back in 2018, there was a $31 million project with which would hold about 5,000 seats uh, brought forth, but uh, it still remains in design in the defi- design phase. Um, so there's a uh, that's yet to be determined, but that would be cool. USL's 2020 TV schedule has been announced. Uh, ESPN 2, ESPN Deportes, ESPN News will be showing 20 plus games over the season this year. Um, no. Probably ESPN Plus as well. I have some games, I'm guessing. Let's now move into a segment that we call The American Way. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American Way. Man, I'm never going to get over that segment, Q. Uh, let's hope that there's a boot in the ass of both the American national teams. They plow through the qualifications for the World Cup and the Olympics. Um, first of all, New Jersey's opinions. 
Uh, I like the white one. <laughs> really? Yeah, it kind of runs. He just like ripped on white kits. Yeah, but no, no, but, but he didn't. I, I did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, but I, one of the best U.S. hits in the past was the ten, the like the rebrand with the new logo on the anniversary tit that was white with blue shorts. That's what they're wearing here in the picture. It looks nice. The blue tit looks like you've bunched it up weirdly through in the back of your tarn for data for the entire summer and that sun stain, that specific spot. So one spot of the blue tit is brighter than the other other spots. That's the rest of the tit. It, 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 it's it's weird. It's it, it it's weird. I I don't I don't like it. bring back the bomb pop. God <laughs> Bring back the bomb pop or the hoops. You uh, cowards. <laughs> I would say I'm, I'm not surprised you like the white kit because it does it go with the consistency, which yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. The socks and, are nice, too. Yeah, and it, it does look good. It does remind me of previous kits. Uh, I disagree with you on the blue kit. I like it. I know you think you think it looks ri- like ripped up, but it's distinct. It looks I, like a still it, from Fantasia, like when like, some magic is going on. Like, like, Mitchie's waving a wand, and that's the magic that's coming out of his wand. That was one of like, the best animation <laughs> works ever. Yeah, in the 50s. <laughs> I, I, will, I will just throw in my voice when I say it. It's a... Yeah, you know that's how. Bring I back the bomb. Yeah, I mean, bomb pop was like the best. Yeah, <laughs> the only fun of it, we were like, oh, that's really cool though. But ah, that's like the bomb pop. It's dumb. That's uh, I'm still buying one. Everyone was like that. For those of you saying Burhalter out, well, one of them is Jay Burhalter, chief commercial and strategy <laughs> officer, is to leave the U.S. Soccer Federation. There were a lot of conspiracy theories about Burhalter and Burhalter. What are they pulling for? And there were a lot of people saying that he was. Uh, well, I don't need to peddle conspiracy theories. You can go read the Glassdoor reviews of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yeah. Uh, he was up for the CEO position after Dan Flynn stepped down last year, but a lot of reports about negative reports about morale at U.S. Soccer from uh, outlets such as the New York Times and Wall Street Journal um, pinpointed his leadership as a problem in that um, in those offices, um, which in the end derailed his candidacy for the job of CEO. Um, reports of a toxic work environment. U.S. Soccer put the hiring of a new CEO on hold, and we didn't. But began a series of employee surveys that I assume were anonymous uh, that pointed to him as uh, had a lot of concerns about Jay Bearhalter um, having a bigger role in U.S. soccer. And this is a guy who was a C, um, COO um, and was with them for 15 years. And was CEO of the Topo America Centenario. So yeah. this is a guy who was high up, had a lot of experience working with the USS um Federation and yeah, apparently not a nice dude to work with. Yeah, and you know, having worked in one very toxic working environment, you can sometimes see how people who hope for the best can contribute to it. So I think we should be careful about how we, and I'm not saying you did this right now, but there has been some tendency on Twitter being like, I don't want to work for that guy. Or like, I don't want to care. You know, we don't know anything about him as a person <laughs> or, or even as a, as a manager beyond this, like one set of reports in one year. So just, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be. And it's, it's uh, honestly, I think it's good for, to have change in the U S soccer federation, given mm-hmm. what's, what, what's come out of there. But like, let's, uh, let's just let Jay go and do his own thing now. You know? Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about the U.S. men's national team real quick before we turn to the women, uh, where uh, we we had the Concacaf Nations League, uh, where the USA beat Costa Rica one 0 and Chase Gasper played just a little bit of game. I think he came in the seventieth minute, I believe. So, yay! Seventy seventh minute. Seventy seventh minute. I did not watch this game, but I was a few watching. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, what's his name? 
is a young striker for uh, in the Wolfsburg Academy. Um, Uli... Uli Ulysses Lanes Jr. Yeah, uh, Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses. As Grant. Uh, Former President Grant scored the goal. Yeah, as before we were like recruiting soccer players who were dead. So was the U.S. Soccer Federation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> crazy chose Grant and not Lincoln. You know, that reach in the botch would have really helped us. <laughs> but he scored the goal. He caused a lot of problems, but mostly in the left wing. Caused a lot of problems for a pretty solid senior uh, Costa Rica team um i didn't see Tavo out there that's why i said it was solid <laughs> but uh i don't remember who exactly drew the penalty but Uli took it took it well stepped up and took it as an 18 year old on his first tap that's pretty impressive and pretty ballsy to do and glad they converted uh defensively looked pretty well too against uh costa rica stymied them and made them look not very good honestly you just controlled the game and the second half was really all us all the way I'm just going to say, Costa Rica is probably the one team we should be very careful talking about on the podcast because Edu Rosales will write to us oh, and tell right. us exactly how he feels about I, all the <laughs> bullshit. You know, everything else, we can make shit up and like be like, Atlanta United, wow, they really suck, don't they? I will say, well, Costa Rica well, you're had not making anything up there. Costa Rica had some chances late to tie it up. Um, Chase had a pretty bad foul on the edge of the box on one side. It a free kid to come in. Um, but otherwise, from what I just watched, uh, U.S. was... Friendly control. I, mean, I don't know how, like, Team A or Team B that was for Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know, I know. I was just. Uh, I just wanted to. Uh, I do. I don't want to be mad at us. <laughs> Go. Um, hey, uh, speaking of being mad, well, it looks like the the U.S. women really channeled their rage. They beat uh, Mexico four nil, Costa Rica six nil, Panama eight nil, uh, Haiti four nil. Um, and yeah, uh, this this yeah. was in the course of a month. Yeah, and well, far less. The first game was the 28th of January. So this yeah. was in the course of a week and a half. Yeah, and they won the the, the tournament, beating Canada just before we started recording, 3 nothing. Those from Lynn Williams, Lindsay Horan, and Megan Rapino, our future president and queen. Um, <laughs> so, why so, not both? I don't know. Um, yeah, there you go. But they qualified for the Olympics um, by being much so in the previous rounds. This was kind of just... Uh, just another trophy. Damn and it. for those of you keeping track at home, that's 25 goals without a response in five games. And I think 28 games unbeaten in a row. 27, 28. One of those two. Yeah. Either way, it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on to a segment that we call The Ludicrous Display. Ray, he's kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. Thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in. And in this segment, we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. FA Cup replays. First of all, uh, Liverpool boys, young Liverpool, BSC I, Liverpool. I don't like talking. No, it's just that they're under 23s. Let's not call them young boys. It sounds weird. Okay, I won't. Thank and you. lads. <laughs> so they played Shrewsbury. What they Shrewsbury. They, they won one nothing on an own goal. I saw that own goal. It's really sad. <laughs> um, but, you know, Liverpool... Thunder knows the FA, and everyone's like, "Yeah, fight to you, Liverpool! Not playing your disrespecting the disrespecting the cup." And well, we won. So <laughs> up yours, <laughs> FA. Yeah, take that, Shrewsbury, you fucking asshole. <laughs> well, they were, they were worried that the FA was worried that Shrewsbury wouldn't get money, but Anfield sold out. Um, but the FA took it off TV because they didn't think they would. Do- so really, who took money out of the pocket of Shrewsbury? It was the FA, not Liverpool. I want to point that out, and. Post game, seeing the under twenty three's manager with the under twenty three's players was great because I think it was, I 
I changed my mind. I think it was a good move for your plot not to be there. I think having the youth manager there with his guys, I think you're going to just overshadowed that and it would have been, you know, the terror would have been on him, like much like it is on Sir Alex Ferguson at every single Manchester United match. So, kind of took him out of the picture, put the force on the, the kids and their manager, and I think that was the right thing to do. And also, fuck anyone who says, uh, this is better than the top. Who cares? We won. Get over it. Yeah, and uh, you hate us that you ain't us. Uh, Oxford played Newcastle. This game ended three two to Newcastle. However, the the on the pitch activity is not the highlight of this game. Yeah, um, I just want to point out Oxford had it up late on a brilliant last second volley. Uh, the keeper was up for the free kick and had up at end of the edge of the box, and the player put it in. But Newcastle um stored in at extra time. Alan St. Matchman and a Newcastle fan celebrated by uh, I'm going to preface it by please do not do this at Allianz please for the love of God do not do this uh, he pulled his dick out and helicoptered it in celebration yeah don't do that don't do that no don't do I, that <laughs> I, so is this just like an us thing well I don't know uh, let me let me speak for myself I have never been compelled to pull my penis out in public like that has just not happened and I don't because there was that like whole dicks out for Harambe thing which again I was like who the fuck even <laughs> thinks dicks out for anything like I you know anytime my penis feels like moving air on it it feels wrong okay not just never nude confirmed yeah <laughs> always wear those freaking jorts you know in the shower too there are dozens of you Wait, right is that, is that your after midnight podcast not just never nude right i mean okay okay there's okay. dozens of listeners seriously <laughs> who doesn't who pulls their penis out no I, i'm not I'm okay. no, I, I agree with you like what you shouldn't have an impulse and it, especially if you're getting encouraged to your your instinct should be to, to oh, not so who's like, no like if you're like I died to start a goal for my favorite team. Ah! <laughs> no, no, keep it in your pants. Really? Yeah, man. And then what can a TV producers like? All right, you guys. I see a guy over there with his dick out. No, Let's the thing is, the TV producer. No, wait, was he has call. It was definitely his last day on the job. So, like, you know what? Here's how I leave my mark. Are we sure there wasn't the TV producer down there? <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Hey, Sean, what camera should we use? Sean. Sean, where, the where wide is he? Lens, wide there he lens. is. Oh no! Shit. <laughs> uh, Spurs beat Tottenham three two. Sheffield beat Bournemouth two one. Watford tied Brighton one one. Everton beat Palace three one. Uh, should also uh, mention that since the last time we recorded, uh, Spurs beat Man City. Yep, two nothing in a game they had no right of winning, but it was a fun game to watch. Honestly, also those last three stores starting with Sheffield were in the Premier League. Four games supposed to be played. Uh, the West Ham Man City game canceled because of Storm. I think Curtis is the name of it. Lame name for a storm, honestly. Storm Calvo. Storm Calvo. Nah, be just weak and let everything through. <laughs> I, I will say that after the Tottenham Southampton game, Jose uh, was uh, quoted saying, "The better team lost, but we deserved the win." Like he had a moment <laughs> where he was like going to show humility to his opponent, or, like you know, show respect, but he couldn't help it. That's in the first half. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Showing some form of humility and then immediately being like, nah, though. <laughs> Let's now move into a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't 
talked about already. First of all, Copa del Rey uh, is uh, Copa del No Barcelona or Real because Madrid I, I see Barcelona what you did there. Yeah, yeah, they lost. Yeah. Uh, Barcelona lost to Athletic Bilbao, one um, nothing, and Real Madrid lost to Real Sociedad. The social dads win four three. Yeah, yeah, the battle of the Reals. Uh, a lot of those. Yeah, Real Saragossa. Keeping it Real. And then uh, to continue, <laughs> Real Salt Lake. Yeah, Real Salt Lake in there. Yeah. The Real World, <laughs> their TV show. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Anyway, Granada still is in the running. They won the next day, I believe. So yeah. If you want a team to root for in that in that competition, I'm I'm cheering for Real Sociedad. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, it'd be cool to see uh, Sociedad or um, Bilbao play uh, win because they're the Catalan um, clubs, and Bilbao actually has a. No, the Basque clubs. Sorry, the Basque clubs. And Mobile has a really fun, uh, trans- not fun, but interesting transfer. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Well, transfer. they, they only they, play they, Basque players. They only sign and play Basque players, yeah, which is interesting. And kind of, it, it is, I think. Uh, the club you were thinking about when you thought about Catalan is Espanol. Yes, Espanol. Who are also the Catalan club. Also, I believe uh, Gerard Piquet. Was an ex Espanol player who gets booed every time he turns up uh, and plays for Barcelona at Espanol. So, hmm. uh, we should talk about Bundesliga, where uh, Bayern are Shit back on top. It is happening. Uh, God damn it. They did draw uh, Red. Uh, sorry, Rosenballsport, Leipzig. Yeah, uh, Rosenballsport, not a very good energy drink, let's be honest. Yeah, Red Bull, much better. <laughs> much better, yes. Even uh, Monster, better than Rosenballsport. Hey, have you had the new monster like tea drinks? Again, they have not. I'm a coffee tea man, <laughs> but it's tea. It's not even an energy drink. It's actually very good. I like it. It's like tastes like uh, fruits. Does it taste like fruits? Yeah. You know what else tastes like fruits? Fruits. Fruits taste like fruits. Yeah, but just they don't have eat like, fruit. tea in them, <laughs> and they don't come in like a convenient tall boy that I can buy when I'm like stopped at a gas station. I don't really want to be at. You know, and so you putting your IV bag straight into your veins. Exactly. I don't know why you've been sick so often. You say, like, you know what? I'd have this apple here, but I'm gonna have this monster tea instead." Exactly. And with the like, uh, the the tornadoes that are at the uh, <laughs> oh, God, how are you still alive? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm actually like Osvaldo Henriquez. They pulled me back from the other <laughs> side. <laughs> okay. But so, Roger Bayern Munich tied nil nil. Um. Big chances for Timo Werner for Barca's Ballsport and for Leon Goretzka for Bayern in the second half. Um, both should have put their team up. Both did not. Pavard also had a chance where he, if he had gone with it with his head and done a diving header, yeah. he probably would have gotten it. Yeah, he it. went for his feet and yeah. totally messed it up. Uh, we should also mention that uh, Dortmund slipped on a banana peel. They lost to Leverkusen 4 3. <laughs> Are you laughing or crying? I'm crying. Those okay, are yeah, yeah. tears. Okay, Erling Haaland is kept scoreless for the first time since joining Dortmund in a game, so he right. is uh, he's done. He's done from, no one will come back from that. <laughs> Sophomore slump in his sixth game. No, he will come back after he dies and they resurrect him. <laughs> right. Since the necromancy is strong with this podcast. But yeah, Leverkusen won four to three. Um, this game was nuts. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Leverkusen opened up the scoring. Volland stored for Leverkusen's 20th minute. Hummels equalized for Dortmund in 20 seconds. Emre Chan scoring his Dortmund debut in the 33rd. Voland with a second in the 43rd. Rafael Guerrero took the lead for Dortmund in the 64th minute. And Leon Bailey and Lars Bender scored within two minutes of each other 
to win the game for Leverkusen. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the relegation battle where some interesting shenanigans have been happening. Uh, Mainz beat Hertha Berlin uh, 3-1. Uh, Paderborn and Fortuna Dusseldorf managed to pull out ties to Schalke and Wolfsburg respectively, which was really freaking interesting. Like, they, they should not have been able to pull out those Schalke's all Yeah, Schalke's all over the map this season. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Union Berlin did manage to get, defeat Werder. And uh, so so the, the situation is uh, as such, uh, where Paderborn is at bottom, uh, Werder joins them in the relegation spots for sure. Uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf are tied with Werder on points, but are in um, the relegation playoff spot at the moment. Mines are uh, currently four points out of the relegation zone. Uh, Hertha Berlin, two points ahead of them. And then tied are FC Köln, who have a game in hand because their match against Borussia Mugladbach, tips Fedora, was uh, was postponed. So, yeah. it's uh, it's inter- I love the Bundesliga relegation battle because things get so close and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, it's really fun. So, yeah. Uh, let's now talk about something else that I will see as soon as I scroll down. Oh, there's nothing else in our notes. Okay. All right, that's it, huh? Yeah, oh. that is. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. No, we're not done yet. you got to oh, tell people shit. where to find them on Twitter. <laughs> where, um, where will they find you? They know where they can <laughs> where find Where will I find them? Uh, yeah. Find your own handle. That's where you can find Now, I'm at kolson716 on Twitter. Also, thanks to the band Tectonics, which is their song Lustless as a theme music. They have a new show, I think, soon. Check their stuff out on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. You find their new shows. They announce them on Facebook, on their Facebook page. I can be found at, at PickupLine. You can find me at LockstockSpock on Twitter. You can find this podcast at 2UnitedFans, TWO United Fans, not like number two. And uh, you can find us also on fine podcast providers everywhere. Please recommend this show to your friends because we always appreciate having new listeners. All right, with that, it's time for us to bid you adieu for another seven days. We'll see you next week. Feed me with your-